Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. We're glad that you've taken some time to sit with us, walk with us, fold laundry with us, whatever it is you're doing right now. I hope that you are being encouraged by the Scattered Abroad Network and having the opportunity to study God's Word today. We are excited to have Brother Robert Jeffries back, and uh, I'll say this real quick. I've known Robert now going on 14 plus years, and I have been spelling his name wrong for 14 plus years. I messaged him about being on the program, and I sent him the documents, and he sent back and said, my name is spelled Jefferies, and I'd been spelling it Jeffries, and I messaged him back and said, I don't know how I've known you all these years and have been misspelling your name. But, it's, got uh, a, it's got a silent E in there, kind of like your last name's yeah. got, a, got a silent E at right. the end. So, That's right. Uh, yep. And so I finally know how to spell your name right, and so uh, I will be doing that from now on. And um, Michael, we, you're not the uh, you're not the first one, and, hey. and you definitely won't be the last one there. Well, that, you know, that's funny, because I'm always called Daniel by a lot of people, so I, I know what you're talking about about there because people have mixed me up with my brother for so many years they call me Daniel and someone brother Mosier my first day of school said Daniel how long have I known you and I said apparently not long enough to know my name is Michael (laughs) you know and so I totally understand that and people spell the Clark name like you said without the e constantly Mm -hmm. and so uh, what what a wonderful blessing it is to know how to spell (laughs) and so uh, we mentioned last week a little teaser about something going on at the South Haven Church of Christ so I wanted to give you a few minutes to kind of talk about that if you wanted too. All right. We are in the midst of a uh, building project right now, and uh, it's a very, very exciting time for us. Um, we have, um, we've been planning on this for, I think about the last 20 years. I think your dad was still preaching there at the time when, uh, when we originally bought 10 acres and, uh, we have, uh, have been thinking about this and praying about it for years and years. And, uh, we, uh, we were able to sell, um, the old building a couple of years ago and, and, uh, we're able to actually move into a rental that's right across the road from where uh, the new building is being built. And so each week, our members are able to see um, uh, the progress that's going on, and so you see more and more excitement as as more things get to go there. But we are we are so excited to get to move into this uh, this new facility uh, in the uh, in the coming months, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, the blessings that, that will be there and, and uh, how the Lord will uh, will provide in that location. Yeah, and at the time we're recording this, the current hopeful completed date the earliest that they said it could be done by is march which is around the time that these episodes will be airing and so best case scenario they're in the building now worst case scenario worst case scenario is sometime in the next 20 years there you so, go that's uh, right so, so march march uh, uh and then uh, anywhere to to uh, 2041 well, yeah, well, there you go. Well, I know that uh, South Haven is my home congregation where I grew up. And in fact, it, it's kind of funny that I'll still be able to call it going home because I lived on that 10 acres of land for a few years of my life. Uh, back when, uh, back when we lived and still dad was working at South Haven, we lived on the house in the house that was on that property. And I remember driving by once, uh, I guess it was back in 2015 and that house had finally been taken down. And I drove by and I did a double take because normally the house was there and it finally been taken down and taken away and so i'm excited for that building to be completed for the the congregation there i know that's been needed for a long time i'm thankful for the elders that have been involved in doing that and making sure that y'all have a place to worship for the next several decades that's that's right and you know michael you've you've seen a lot of things firsthand growing up there and and spending uh, the majority of your life there uh, you mentioned that that you and I have have known each other now for the past fourteen years. I've seen you go from from uh, being being a kid in the youth group to uh, 
to graduating preaching school and then uh, getting married and then having having a son and then having another child on the yeah. way building your home right and, and you know it's just just something that, that we're talking about the home in these episodes yeah. that, that that I've seen you go from one home to another that's right and uh, uh, just really proud of the uh, the man that you've become and and uh, just just thankful to be a part of the program with you today yes I'm thankful for what you said there and you've been a big part of that so I really do appreciate it you came in at a pivotal time in my life and so I'm thankful to you for all that you've done over the years the encouragement you've given me we are talking about something today that is a wonderful blessing and that is remembering the blessings for the participants of the home Uh, we've kind of taken a little bit of a vacation from our our programs that we had scheduled and we're looking at the home for these uh, three weeks we looked last week at the guidelines for the participants of the home and the husband the wife and the children and today we're going to do the same thing we're going to ask the question about blessings for the husband and wife blessings for the children and then we're going to look at a final question that we really kind of want to consider as we bring our thoughts to a close but before i do that let me just remind people that if you would like to check the show notes you can find our email address the scattered abroad network at gmail.com you can like us on facebook follow us on all major platforms and just basically do everything that you can to try to showcase uh, some support for the network we would greatly appreciate it we're trying to promote biblical content every day of the month and we even have summer material that we're working on right now as we're getting ready to be meeting Caleb and I to discuss our summer season for 2022 and so we're just wonderfully blessed to be able to be a part of this work now brother Robert as we talk about the blessings for the home you know that God doesn't ever really do anything that doesn't benefit people and so when we look at these blessings for the husband and wife what are they you know, you you mentioned that question, and that is that is an excellent question for us to consider. And 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 really, before we get into that question, I, I want to mention something about um, the the three divine institutions that God ha- has given that we read about in the scriptures. Uh, the first one that we read about, of course, is the home, and then we also read about government. We read about the church, and when we think about these three divine institutions. Which one has the biggest influence on our life? Mm-hmm. Well, when, when I think about the government, I may think about the government, you know, a couple of times during the week. Something may be said from the White House or something may, may go on in the local government, but it's just not something that, that I dwell upon sure. uh, all the time. Uh, number two, when we think about the church. Church has a huge influence on our life. But when we think about the church and, and being involved with those who are who are members of the Lord's church, on average, uh, an average week, we're only meeting together four times mm-hmm. uh, during that week. Some weeks we'll, we'll have extra time with them. But when we think about the home, those are the people we spend the most time with. Yeah. Those are the people that have the biggest influence upon us, and we can have the biggest influence on them. Uh, as well, and so when when I think about th- this idea of of an influence, you know, it 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 it's a it's a natural segue into talking about the blessings uh, of of the home, and especially the blessings of a husband and wife. And and when I think about the blessings of a husband and wife in that relationship, there are three things in particular that we read about from the scriptures. Number one is that idea of companionship. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned on the last program for just a few moments of that idea of of, of how it's a partnership, and that's exactly right. 
uh, because when you look at Ephesians, or not Ephesians, but Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 9, Solomon said that two are better than one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when God looked out upon his creation, Genesis chapter 2, back there at the beginning, verse number 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And when we think about that helpmeet, that that partner, that person that we get to share with, that, that's a person that we get to share ups and downs mm-hmm. with. That, that's a person that we get to share joys with, but also a person we get to share uh, heartaches with uh, as well. That's a person that we get to share challenges with, but also achievements. It's just somebody that we get to spend everyday life with so that we aren't alone. And, uh, you, you know, just as a side note here, uh, sometimes uh, we think about college students. Mm-hmm. They've been described as as um, some of the most depressed people, especially during that freshman year. And, and sometimes people think, well, how is that possible? Right. Because they've got people all around them, but they still feel this sense of being alone. And, uh, and it's because they've left one home, and now they're trying to find their identity at a, at a completely new place. And so that they just feel this, this sense of, of being alone. And uh, when we think about the husband and wife relationship, it takes away that sense of feeling alone. It, it, it provides that partnership, that companionship that's there to get to become one. I remember something I want to share with you here, a couple of examples. Uh, one of them is the first funeral, one of the first funerals that I ever conducted when I was preaching in uh, in McMinnville, Tennessee. And I remember that there was a man by the name of Frank Pack. He had just retired, and uh, Frank was looking forward to retirement. He was looking forward to doing some traveling with his wife. They, they'd been talking about this for years. He he was looking forward to to uh, spending some time with his grandchildren and being able to watch them play in their softball games on Saturday. And I think it was the very first Saturday after his retirement. He was sitting at the softball field. He was watching his grandchildren play softball. And all of a sudden, Frank slumps over onto his wife. And she tries to talk with him. She starts shaking him. Frank never responds. They rush him to the local hospital. He gets there to the local hospital, still no responding. They airlift him to St. Thomas Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee. And Saturday night, neurologist came in, and he said, we're going to be running some tests on him all day tomorrow. And then we'll have a better understanding of what's going on. And so Sunday they ran every test that they could run on him. And Monday morning they came in and they said, uh, "Miss Pack, I'm I'm sorry to tell you this, but every test that we ran showed no brain activity. He'd had a a massive brain aneurysm." And uh, they they told her, "We've we've got two options. We can leave him on life support, and he'll have to remain on it the rest of his life, or we can take him off life support." And she said he wouldn't want to live like that. His final decisions were, uh, don't put me on life support. And when they pulled him off life support less than five minutes later, he took his last breath. You know, 72 hours before, everything was going great. Right. 72 hours later, Frank's no longer there. All of those dreams that they have, those dreams aren't going to happen. 
And I remember going by and visiting with Miss Ruth a week later. And I asked her, I said, how are you doing? And she told me, she said, oh, I'm, I'm making it, doing okay. And, and I, I looked at her, I said, Miss Ruth, how are you really doing? She looked at me and she said, Robert, she said, every day I stare at these four walls. And these four walls, they don't talk back. You know what she was telling me? She was missing her helpmate. Mm-hmm. She, she was missing her companion. She was missing that one that provided that companionship for so many years. Uh, another man that was, that was very influential to me there at that congregation, his name was James Milstead. Mm-hmm. And uh, James... Uh, served as an elder there for many, many years, and he and his wife Sarah had been married for 60-plus years, and all of a sudden one day uh, Sarah passed away very suddenly. And I remember about six months later going back, and and uh, I think I was holding a meeting in McMinnville somewhere, but was spending the week there, and and uh, I wanted to make it a point to go by and, and see James for a little bit, and went by and, and saw him. And James was out doing work. He was he was riding his tractor, and and he stopped on his tractor and got off. And we we spoke for a few minutes. And I wanted to tell him how sorry I was to hearing about Miss Ruth Miss Ruth's passing. And uh, and James he began to cry, and uh, he said, Robert, he said, you know what? He said they tell you when you get married that two become one. He said, Am I just a half now? Mm. That was a thought-provoking statement for him to mention, am I just a half? Because when you're with a person 60 years and they know you inside and out and they're no longer there, you feel like a part of you is gone. Yeah. And and that part that that made you whole is is now gone, and so you feel incomplete. Yeah. And, And it's such a great, great blessing to be married and that companionship. God knew what, uh, what he was doing when, uh, when he provided companionship and provided that help me. Uh, a second great blessing that God provides is sexual enjoyment. Right. God created certain desires within us, certain physical desires. But those physical desires are only, only to be fulfilled in marriage. And uh, one of the reasons why the, uh, the, the, uh, marriage rate seems to be going down in our country today is because we got more and more people who are just simply shacking up. They yeah. want all the benefits of marriage yeah. without the commitment that's uh, that's involved. And, and one of those benefits that God has provided, that sexual benefit, I, I want to play house. I want to have those benefits, but I want to do it my way. You've got to go against God's way to have that benefit. Hebrews 13 and verse number 4 tells us that the only way that it's to be fulfilled is inside marriage. The Hebrews writer says marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled. We think about sex. God didn't create it to be a dirty work. Okay, He created it to be something that was wholesome and something to be enjoyment. But the way that it becomes dirty is when we um, is when we accomplish this outside of God's guidelines. And so we, you know, the last episode we talked about guidelines. Hey, God's got some guidelines for the bedroom, and it's only to be done in marriage. And God understood that uh, that that would be something that we could enjoy, but He gave the guidelines to where to do it. Number three, to procreate. To have children if you want to. Genesis 1 and verse number 28, God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. One of the things that I know, you talked about that companionship that people have, 
probably the hardest funeral I've been a part of. I just started at Somerville. And you know me, I'm kind of a night owl. I'm uh, I'm sitting in my chair, it's 2 a.m., and I see a Facebook post from one of our members saying for his son to fly high, and I knew what that meant. His son was my age, and at that time, I mean, it was five years ago, I was 23, he was maybe 25, just a little bit older, um, and I just remember thinking, my goodness, I can't, I can't imagine what had happened. He, he passed away in a Navy training accident that happened while he was flying a plane and uh, just went, uh, just went down. And as they were going through all of these things, I messaged him and I said, how are you doing? And he said, we need you to do the funeral. I had not been privileged to meet this young man. And so as I'm going through and looking at all of these things, I'm trying to think of how to comfort this family. And uh, I preached the funeral and because he was a member of the military, they, they did a 21-gun salute. Now, he had a, a girlfriend that I believe he might have been engaged to at the time, but they weren't married yet, and they were seriously considering it. And I will never forget when those guns started going off, the look on her face of just agony, you know, and thinking that before they were even married, she felt incomplete now. And to, to look at someone like that and seeing him, we, we know of a similar situation when when our good good brother Shane Ruiz passed away and we saw his love hurting like that. And, and then you really feel it and knowing that that relationship that you gained, that helped meet the, the man that said, am I just a half now? That is a haunting thought to, to really think about that that is where we are in life now as far as we spend all of our days learning about our mate, learning their likes, their loves, their desires. And then when they're gone, we have useless information now, it seems, that we've learned and spent all these years studying for this test that never came. And then when it's finally time to really be able to enjoy it, as you mentioned with with Frank, it, it just doesn't happen sometimes that way. And what a blessing it is to have that companionship, to have those relationships that we can have with our mate and those great blessings that we really don't truly appreciate until what you described has happened or we see someone go through it. And it reminds me of the Phil Vassar song, you know, I'm going to bring home a dozen roses and I'm going to take care of my my wife because it may be the last day of my life. And we don't know. And so what what a blessing it is to have that relationship. Children are no different. They're blessed, and there are blessings for the children, but uh, there are blessings for the children in a few different ways. You know, there, there can be great blessings from a standpoint of getting to have, you know, a mom and dad that they get to have their whole life, but there are also blessings from a godly perspective. So, Robert, what are the blessings for the children? You know, when we think about those those blessings— and, and especially blessings for children raised by godly parents. There, there are certain things that, that children don't have to worry about, if we could, if we could term it that way. You know, I, I can recall growing up in a home where we didn't have to worry about immorality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to worry about my parents cussing. Cussing was not allowed. And so those were not things that, that I had to, uh, to listen to. Uh, the Lord's name was was always going to be revered. Uh, it was never going to be used in a vain way. I, I remember vividly the very first time that I can remember hearing somebody taking God's name in vain, and it was I, I was I was at my best friend's house that that I grew up with, and and uh, he lived three doors down, and I remember being in his house. 
and his older brother, his older brother was four or five years older, but his brother had put a slice of pizza in the microwave, and he warmed it up, and it was just a little too hot. And so when he went to take a bite, mm. he said, Jesus Christ, mm. and just kind of yelled it out. Yeah. And I just kind of turned, and I thought, I have never heard Jesus' name used that way because we didn't use it in our home that way. Right. And, and you know, it was just this almost this horror hearing it yeah. because I had always been taught we elevate that name, and that name was something to be uh, very, very special. And, uh, and thankfully, I never, never had to worry about my parents saying those kinds of things. And I remember that, that when his mother heard him say that, she didn't say a thing. And, uh, and, and so I am just so, so thankful that those were things I didn't have to worry about. Um, I, you know, in our home, we didn't have to worry about drinking and seeing the terrible effects that, that go on with drinking. Divorce was never a word that was ever mentioned. Right. It wasn't a word that was played around with. I never had to worry if my mom was coming home. I never had to worry if my dad was coming home. These were two people who were committed to each other, and what a blessing it was to be raised in a home yeah. uh, that way. But you know what? When you think about a, a godly home, a pathway is chosen, okay? And I think about Joshua, Joshua twenty four fifteen. He was giving the children of Israel, a choice. And he says, right. you need to figure out who it is that you're going to serve. But I just want to let you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, Joshua right. 24, verse number 15. And and that needs to be the motto for our homes even today. Right. Uh, and, and making sure that we are choosing that path. When we go down the path that leads to heaven, we're going to be around people who love God. We're going to be around people who love his word. We're going to be around people who love the church. And we're we're associating ourselves with those kinds of people, but we're also helping our family prepare for the most important day of all, and that is the judgment. So we're trying to set that pathway. We're trying to set that tone in, in those early stages of life. And the thing that we need to remember is we've only got our children for just a short period of time. Yeah. And we've got to do our best uh, to lay that foundation for them. Uh, when I think about my dad, my dad was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad w- was a guy who had a great work ethic. And uh, he was a guy that uh, that when he started a job, he finished that job. There was there was one job. My dad is 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 much older uh, than than my mother, and uh, my dad retired originally in 1992. He'd been with the same company 37 years, and uh, after a month, he decided I can't sit home. Right. I can't sit still. Uh, he was just a guy that was so used to work. Uh, he went back and he worked for the Kroger company for 20 years <laughs> before he ultimately retired in his, uh, in his early eighties. And so I was always accustomed to seeing people work hard. Yeah. And, uh, my dad, he followed that, that principle there in second Thessalonians three and verse number 10, if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. But he also provided, he also followed that, that, uh, passage that Paul talked about when he wrote to Timothy that um, uh, that if a man doesn't provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel. He's worse than an unbeliever. And uh, so I think about dad being a hard worker, 
But I also think about my mom taking care of the home. Now, my mom, she worked outside the home, but I never had to wonder who was taking care of things right. around the house. I, I never knew. I never had to wonder who was taking care of those domestic things, who was the keeper of our home, even though that she did do some work yeah. uh, outside the home. When it comes to those domestic responsibilities, you know, a lot of times when the husband passes away, he's lost. Right. He, he doesn't know how to take care of some of those things inside the house. He doesn't know how to cook. Right. He doesn't know how to do some of the cleaning that the wife did. And so he's lost in, in those senses. But then there are times where the wife, when the husband passes, she's lost. And well, he always took care of the bills, or he always worked on this outside. He always worked on that outside. And so you see that partnership of how those domestic responsibilities can be taken care of. But, Michael, when you when you think about an ungodly home, mm-hmm. there are a number of children that are raised in ungodly homes, and, and they don't have the same blessings. They, they don't have the same foundation in a lot of ways. But uh, but if, if, if I could, if we've got time yeah. permitting for just a moment— I want us to consider this question, and uh, and I heard this one this one recently when I was doing some uh, some study on uh, on the home. We've got a summer series at at the time of this recording that's going on at uh, at South Haven, and um, and and one of our speakers uh, mentioned this question: What about those who are in single parent homes or homes where one parent? Uh, may not be doing their part, and so you've got one parent that's really trying hard to uh, to establish a godly home, and you've got another one that's really kind of absent in yeah. that regard. Um, what do you say to those people who who are trying to do their best? Maybe you've got a wife who's married to a husband whose who spiritual things really aren't a top priority. What do you do in a situation uh, like that? where moms have to kind of take on both roles. I uh, just want to give maybe a couple of words of advice uh, there. Um, and and some of this comes from my own personal uh, dealings with and growing up. My dad didn't obey the gospel until I was in my 20s, but my dad never got in the way. He never got in the way of, of uh, uh, my mom bringing us to worship, to Bible classes. Uh, he never did tell her, no, you're not going to do that. So mom had to take on both of those roles. And so there may be some that are listening today. You may be having to take on both of those roles. You may be having to take on the role of the husband and being the spiritual leader. A couple of things I want to mention to you, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on that. Number two, pray about it. Pray not only that you have the wisdom, that you have the strength to continue leading your own, but pray for your husband. Yeah. And continue setting that example. First Peter chapter three and verse number one. Understand that mistakes will be made at times. My mom made some mistakes. Sure. She'll she'll admit that, that she made mistakes in trying to take care of both of those leads. But I admire her and I'm thankful for her trying to establish the tone and trying to set the direction uh, in that home. But uh, but I, I want to finish off with this point. Understand the reality mm-hmm. of your responsibility, that this is something that's very real. And if you've got a husband or if you have a wife that's not wanting to step up and do that, you step up. You be that spiritual leader, and you set that tone in your house. You set that pathway of the direction that you're going to go, and it'll be a blessing to your children. Yeah, I know that uh, for me, you know, as as we think about looking to to kind of close out our thoughts for today, I uh, I have told people before when I was 
finishing up before I got married to Megan, I still lived at my mom and dad's house. And those last six months, regrettably, I spent in my room. You know, I was a man now. I was about to be married. And I don't I don't need to, you know, do anything with mom and dad anymore. And earlier this year, I preached on children. And I, I put in that sermon that, you know, one day you will miss your parents. You'll miss being at home with your parents. And I don't really cry easily. And I came so close in that lesson to bawling like a baby because I said, my mom and dad live 30 minutes down the road and it's too far, you know, and it's that realization of once I got married, all of a sudden my wife and I would be sitting in the apartments here on campus at the school. And I would, uh, I would say, you want to go have dinner with mom and dad tonight? You want to go to your mom and dad's and have dinner tomorrow night? And all of a sudden it was this, how many dinners and lunches can we fit in with our parents and my in-laws? Because that time is fleeting. And for children to have that blessing of a godly home where you have a great relationship with your parents because of what they've done for you, don't take that for granted. Don't don't look at your mom and dad as someone that you can just kind of say, well, one day they'll understand where I'm at. No, one day you're going to understand where they're at and what they were trying to teach you. And that's how it always works. You know, there has not been a single child that I know of that has found out something that the parents didn't already have experience in or know about. And so we need to remember those great blessings that we have, both for the husband and the wife, for the children, and to not take them for granted. Now, as we kind of close out today, there is something about Robert next week that maybe you don't know as far as his football love is concerned. Don't go look it up. you got to tune in next week to find out who his favorite team is. And uh, I'm not going to, to make too much fun of him next week when we talk about it because my favorite college team isn't much better. And so uh, we, are, uh, we are blessed to be able to sit together and talk about the home, the participants this, this last two weeks. And we've got one more week where we're going to look about the home being under attack. And so as we consider that, uh, don't forget to check out the show notes for our email and social media information, the content that's available on the Scattered Abroad Network. And as always, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.